right? How do you continue to grow it and, and more money come in? Because sometimes we get stagnant and excited about what we've achieved. Yep. But if you can't keep that money coming in, it's, it's going to come and go. And Absolutely. you've seen it with so many athletes, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's going to come and go. Uh, I like books. Mm-hmm. You got a favorite book? Anything that's like hit you? And you're like, man, that's something that's good. An article, anything. I just like motivation, man. Yep. You know, I, I kind of. Is there anybody in particular that's motivated you then? Live, dope, adversity kings, episode thirty something. I keep saying <laughs> that in all of them. You know what I mean? We're we're in our thirties or forties, coming up on probably forty. Um, so our guest today, we've got Harold, how do I say your last name? Uh, Richards, Harold Richards, Harold Richards, Harold Richards. So I met Harold, uh, probably a couple months ago. I was, uh, doing some type of interview f- through our parent company, Globe Life, and we rented your studio Yep. down in the city. And what was the name of your studio? Yeah. The photo yard. So the photo, yard. photo yard studio yep. right off of uh, Sacramento and Chicago. So yes. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful studio. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you could look at our studio and then look at his studio. Ours looks like a piece of shit compared <laughs> compared to his. Dude, it's like state-of-the-art equipment. He's got just the design and the layout inside. Got a great deal from from what you told me that, yeah. that you do there. So now I've I've been looking into like ways of like renting out your studio. Okay. How do I rent out this studio? So yeah, you could go to PeerSpace, um, PeerSpace.com. PeerSpace. PeerSpace.com, Gigster. Uh, they're really easy to like navigate through, put a couple of pictures up and yeah. um, put your own rate on there. And uh, they have a real nice community. So um, just tell them you want to, you know, if you rent it out for podcasting or for meetings or whatever, uh, they'll give you uh, access to it. So that's dope, dude. Yeah, Aiden yeah. put ours on there, ten thousand an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we about to run it out. That's yeah. dope. So, I probably do about seventy percent of my business through Peer Space. Yeah, so, dude, yeah. And, and the networking as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting cool individuals to come in, see yeah. what they do. Yeah, that that's awesome. So a little bit about yourself. You grew up in Chicago. Chicago, uh, born and raised uh, south side of Chicago. So. Yeah. Um, I'm 50. I'll be 52 next week. So, Dang, uh, yeah, Congrats. man. <laughs> Congrats. You don't look 52 at all. No, man. My youngest is here. He's, uh, 28, just turned 28. And Let's go, I got a bro. daughter 32. So let's go. Uh, yeah, man. Born and raised in Chicago, South side of Chicago, went to Harlan high school. And, uh, what was growing up like for you? What were your parents like? Man, they were there. Um, you know, they didn't have much, but they gave us a lot of support and love. And, yep. uh, but, uh, it was, a you know, parents just struggling trying to make it and making sure that we were safe and had a nice place to stay you know a safe place to stay yeah and um you know but we didn't have all the extra gadgets and uh clothing you know you had to get what you could and was chicago as always as like chicago now could could get personified or viewed as like a dangerous place right was it always viewed since you've been here for 40 years yeah. of like being able to remember was it always viewed as like an aggressive place yeah off and on you know so i, I again i'm born in 1970 so i'm a uh paid in full era kid you know so everybody uh, east b yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that's that's how we grew up you know it was hustle man you, you got out there and you couldn't be afraid you had to figure out find your lane and, and yep. hustle so um you knew what to do, what not to do. You know, when I was younger, you can get on the bus and uh, go downtown to the museum and uh, just have fun all day like a kid and come back home and be safe. But as you got older, uh, guns started to play, you know, and uh, drugs just got bigger and bigger. And uh, you just, you know, 
saw things change. The games, the gangs rather kind of escalated a little bit more. So you knew what not to do. You knew what colors to wear. You know, yeah. you knew which environments to go in. But pretty much you were safe to go where you wanted to go if you knew how to, I would say, handle <laughs> yeah, your, your own so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah hold your own. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, holding your own and then kind of your work ethic. When did you start working? Like, when did you start, like, getting a job or, like, starting a hustle and make some money and, like, get out there and want to do things on your own? Yeah, I'd say when the kids were born, you know, um, um, you know, as a younger teenager, I just was out and about just trying to find my way, you know, yeah. go to parties. It was about being popular or uh, trying to get the things you didn't have when you were growing up. But yeah. uh, as the kids were born, uh, you just you realize you got to get serious. You know, you need health insurance. You know, yeah. you need the... Uh, be able to provide for them. So I uh, started working probably when I was 17, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I did Foot Locker, man. I love sneakers. I love sneakers. <laughs> I'm a sneakerhead. These are, these are the ones. They, uh, there you go. Yeah, these are the adapts. <laughs> I'd be doing them in the gym. People be looking at me. I'm like, yeah, they, they, they close, whatever. They time themselves, this, that, the other. They're there cool. you go. Yeah, man. So, no, I always had access to the sneakers and uh, the things I didn't, weren't, weren't able to have as a kid. Same. You know, just start going after it. Yep. Now I kind of upgraded to the ballets and yes, everything else. I've you seen know, the so. Yeah, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, my time and uh, just being able to go where I wanted to go navigate around and uh the city is is what it is you know it's like you can't be afraid to live but you just gotta have to be careful you know so yeah. uh we that goes with any place you know what i mean I, I, i'm not coming for the neck of chicago but I, yeah. I think of i always you know what i mean i've always i was always raised like if you go looking for trouble you're gonna find it it don't matter where you're at you exactly. know what i mean like if you go looking for trouble you're gonna find it yeah. but you definitely got to be able to hold your own yep you know what i mean regardless yep. of the inevitable if that trouble finds you and keep your head on the swivel wherever you are. You Absolutely. Know? So uh, if you travel, whatever it is, you know how to sense danger, right? You yep. know how to know when someone's trying to get a little too close to you. you know? Absolutely. So. It's so funny as we bring. So we'll, when we recruit in our company, you know, we're a sales company. We bring in young kids to come here and sell uh -huh. 18, 22. And uh, we got to kind of like I got to kind of teach them some lingo and things like that of like what to like not. You know what I mean? What to. Yeah. And like one of the things I like somebody told me was like. Hey, Tristan, I was out in the city and these guys told me to come check this out. And I was like, usually you don't want to go check it out. <laughs> and so that's like one of my first things of like training. Like if y'all are going to go down and party in the city and someone like, you know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to, like you said, keep your head on a swivel yeah, and keep, yeah. keep your mind open for hey, people. To try you, man. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what a lot of people do. Come check they, wake, this out. they wake up trying to find a way to try you. Yep. you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, did man. you go to college or we went straight into working and then what that looked like evolving? A mixture of both. So okay. when, when uh, I went straight into college, but uh, then just things didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, as I wanted, and again, I had kids at an early age, and uh, yep. I had to start from the ground up working in healthcare. Um, actually, I had an aunt; she kind of told me it was a job available. I was ripping and running, you know. Yep. And uh, she, when, when my daughter was born, she just said, "Hey, you may want to work at this hospital." And uh, got in the hospital space and got health insurance, and you know, started at a low rate. But uh, the the advantage was computers started to come to surface at that time, yeah. you know, and a lot of people were doing spreadsheets and doing things by hand, and uh, they were a lot older than I was, so I was a young guy sitting there at lunch breaks trying to figure out stuff, right, and uh, get on the computer for the first time and learn how to use it. And in my era, I mean, I think it's a blessing because I've seen the birth of Air Jordans launch, yeah. right, the original Air Jordans. I've seen people go from play, uh, pay phones to rotary phones to uh, block phones to iPhones, you know. Yep. To see innovation, uh, just to be a part of that, it made me always question why things were the way they were or 
why things have to be the way they are and push to change it, you know? So being part of that and seeing that, man, it's, it's always been a blessing, you know? So I'm always trying to question things. I'm always trying to fix things. And um, if it's a problem, I want to provide a solution versus complaining about the problem. Yep. And in healthcare, you see a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, I just was able to be a part of uh, finding myself and positioning myself to help things and um, find ways to get it an advantage so that, you know, if I didn't like the money I was making, it was like, how can I position myself to make more money? Yeah. And what people don't realize is that, you know, in, in a lot of these jobs, you know, you get a two or three percent raise every year. Yeah. You know how much you're going to make in five years. Just do the math. Right. Yeah. Unless you find ways to kind of position yourself to get in a better position uh, to become part of leadership or you know, find a different job. If that's not your lane, then you got to figure out what lane works for you to help you provide for your kids. So I was always trying to find a different lane and make sure I was comfortable. You know, being black in healthcare, uh, that didn't work. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, it's a struggle, right? Yeah. It's good when you're at a low position, but when you start going up the ranks, it's just, you know, people, you know, don't say much about it, but what they do is they give you a tough time. Yeah. So you could work hard, be the best at what you do, but for some reason, someone's challenging you about something or someone's complaining about something. Even if it's not you, it's your team. They're pushing you harder, right? So the adversity of that is that you're just getting stronger. You're learning how to kind of navigate and tackle a lot of different things, you know, that a lot of people didn't have to, right? So yeah. you get discouraged sometimes, but you figure it out at the end of the day. And it, it kind of goes back to the street, whereas if um, – you know, you went to school and you saw the big bully or somebody you knew you had to deal with at the end of the day, you figured out how to do it, right? Yeah. And uh, same thing in healthcare or just in general in the workforce, you find a way to strategically get around that person or get through them, you know? So, um, you know, you just apply some of the street knowledge that you have to the healthcare or your professional environment. And again, it all applies. You know, you know how someone's trying to come at you. You got to figure out a way to let them either come get you or you got to be prepared to say this isn't going to happen to me and I'm going to figure out a way to, you know, navigate around you. I'm savvy enough where I'm going to finesse the situation uh, so that I can come out on the bigger, the bigger side of it, you know. so Yeah. Now, it, as you advanced up the ranks in healthcare, it was through your ability to absorb the information for technology and then start programming? Yeah, programming um, and operations, just find solutions, you know. Yeah. Um, being able, like, to your point, right, with technology coming out, there was a lot of automation. So I was a guy that figured out, okay, if I'm able to do this and do that and put the logic together, it made sense. So I would then reach out to programmers or, or companies that would come into the organization, figure out what they were doing, and figure out how I could be a part of that, right? Um, when I started out, you know, it was just watching the back end, like interfaces that I knew that computers knew how to talk to each other, but there was someone programming them to make them do that. But you couldn't do that if the logic wasn't there, right? Yeah. I can't say make this wall white if I don't have a can of white paint, right? Yeah. It, it has to be some sort of logic to allow that to happen. And it's like, once you figure out that, you can solve any problem, right? It's like there are solutions out there. Put, put everything together, put everything out there and just start connecting the dots, right? Yep. I was able to connect the dots where the older folks were saying, you know what, well, you're young, you got all that energy, you go ahead and do that, you know? So I had to stay late sometimes, I had to come in early sometimes, I had to get on salary so that, you know, I'm, they could take advantage of me, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm working 12 hours, getting paid eight, you know? Yeah. But uh, I saw it as an advantage because I was learning, right? Yeah. Everyone else was giving it up and saying, hey, let him do it. 
I just felt like, hey, this is, you know, something I'm learning and I'm, it's basically free education, you know. So uh, I figured it out, moved up the ranks and, uh, you know, was good to my team and leaders and, you know, CFOs and um, presidents of hospitals started to see the value that I brought to the organization and just started promoting me and uh, I started promoting others and it's just a chain reaction, right? So if my people are good, that makes me look good, you know. So I was all able to invest in my team and just make people stronger and, and actually make them better people, you yep. know, which made me a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, with with the life that you lived up to this point, what are some of the favorite memories that you have of your life? Man, I would say, uh, man, uh, my son, when he was a kid, him and my daughter, uh, we, we moved to the uh, Virgin Islands for, for about five years, you know. Yeah, and, the uh, islands. Yeah, yeah. I was a um, supply chain VP over St. Thomas, St. Croix, St. John. So I would take seaplanes, you know, he was able to start school. They got to go to beaches, you know, and uh, yeah. just to expose them to that uh, is something I could never, you know, get back, man. I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. So yeah. um, being able to be in that type of opportunity where I had never left Chicago, basically, you know. Yeah. So uh, my kids saw all the Michael Jordan games, you know, and uh, were able to do things that I weren't able to do at the time, you know. But uh, I think working hard allows you to position yourself to do that for your children so he could do it for his and vice versa, you know. Um, you know, so yeah, I just enjoy being able to get access to things that I didn't have access to before. And then giving that to your family. Yeah. Yeah. So, and with that, and you mentioned Michael Jordan and growing up in that era or being able to see your kids grow up in that era. Mm -hmm. What was that like in Chicago? You know what I mean? With Jordan and Pippen and man, all them guys. You, you can't relive it, man. I mean, uh, it's just, you were proud of your city. You could walk around with a Bulls jersey on or, or shoes and anywhere you go. Even today, you say you're from Chicago, the first thing they do is, you know, reference the Bulls. Or, yeah. Uh, now it's a lot of violence, but, um, you know, they worked hard in, in, in changing the culture, right? Jordan didn't just win championship games. I mean, he created a culture. Look at you now wearing Jordans, you know oh, what I mean? All over my office. It, it's the I walk, it's the swag, everywhere. you know, it's, it's just the mentality. Look at Kobe, you know, all that stuff came from a Jordan era. You know, I've seen uh, Dr. J play, Larry Bird play, and uh, I saw the difference when Michael Jordan stepped on the court. You know, it was just, uh, it changed the lifestyle, you know. Yeah. People start dressing different when they came to the games. Players started wanting to be like Mike yep. and uh, commercials and, I mean, again, it goes back to that innovation, right? And when you see someone make a change or change a culture, you feel like you could do it, right? Yeah. When, when you see young men and you guys coming in here doing stuff, grinding, it helps other people see it and say, I could do it too, you know? Yeah. It's not you looking at, and, and I got nothing wrong with young white kids or anything else, but when you see your own people doing certain things, it inspires you yeah. that, and allows you to think that you can do it, you know? When, yeah. when you don't see it, it's like, wait, that's not, maybe that's not for me. You know, a lot of yeah. kids think that. And uh, even in healthcare, when I'm going to board meetings and uh, sitting in boardrooms having meetings, I'm seeing people on a wall that don't look like me. Yeah. It's so you, you never feel connected. You never feel like you're supposed to be there. So now I have an environment where I'm creating a culture, right? I'm helping startup companies. I'm helping brands. Uh, I'm taking pictures of people that want to, build stuff on social media, we're building websites, you know, we're doing things to help companies and help people position themselves to take care of their families, you know, yeah. and make a change. And hopefully they can innovate and create something new that didn't exist a few years ago, you know? So, so with 
with all of this and and tying it back into Chicago and the Bulls, mm-hmm. did you ever meet Jordan? I've seen him uh, actually um, at in Elmhurst College. Yeah. Uh, he did a, um, a camp, and uh, I, you know he came in, and I was there for someone else, and uh, I saw him, shook his hand quickly, and uh, that was it. But uh, no, Pippen. So he and I both um, we met Pippen. We were in a Bulls suite. Uh, after Pippen retired and he came in and uh, we got to sit with him the whole game, you know, so. Uh, now, didn't was, Pippen's come out with the, the book addressing the last dance? Yeah. How do yeah. you guys feel about that? <laughs> I think he's a little salty about some of it, but, yeah. uh, you know, Jordan is a monster, man. Yeah, you, know? you can't take away. I like, you know what I mean? Like you want to kind of adhere to it a little and be like, I, you know, we'll give you the floor and listen, but like talk about our man Jordan, bro. Yeah, you you. To play with him, you had to figure it out, right? Yep. Uh, you know, and if you didn't, he was going to call you out. And uh, I think it made Pippen who he is today. Yep. I just think Pippen um, takes it for granted, you know. Yep. It, was he a great player? Would he have been a great player without Jordan? I think so, but not to the capacity he is today, you know. Doesn't Jordan have a notorious mansion around here where the gates say 23? 23 in Highland Park. Is yeah, it, it's yeah. like around here, right? Well, it's a little bit north of here, probably about an hour north of here. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's vacant now. But, I mean, dude. It's has, like 8 million, right? Yeah. He, he can't sell it now. So <laughs> no, Nobody want to buy it. Yeah. It's a, a lot of upkeep, you know. Okay. But uh, they just, somebody filmed a video in there, right? Um, it was the guy, Trevor, what's his name with the, the sneakers? Uh, Travis, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Yeah, he he just filmed the oh, video shit. in the mansion, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. dope. Yeah, and Pippins doesn't he got a he got a mansion around? He's some I haven't seen, you know, where he's where he's. I swear, somebody out, so. I don't know if it was someone in my company or something. They were like, "This is Scotty's old." It looked like it, you know, what yeah, I mean? it was yeah. checked out and everything like that. Yeah. Um, dope, really dope. Yeah. What yeah. about food wise? What's kind of some of the favorite spots you have? Chicago. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a foodie. This uh, is yeah, one of my yeah, favorite yeah. things to talk about. Man, uh, you know, the Giordano's. Uh, I love you Giordano's. Uno's. People, be, people be flaming Giordano's. Yeah. Like, it's so common. Nah, you, you got to get the Giordano's. Um, I would say uh, Portillo's, if you like Italian beefs. Yeah. Um, man, I, I like barbecue. You love know, bar- so. I grew up in the South. So okay. I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we did a lot of like crawfish boils. Yeah, yeah. So like we would we we'd have like tubs, like the baby pools. Yeah. Of crawfish, and we would just be eating crawfish, corn, barbecue. See, see that, that? Like that, they we slow they smoke ribs, slow cook ribs, the whole nine, like all day, like 10, 12 hours. All you be you wake up five six a.m. put the ribs on there. Yeah. Six seven p.m. you eating. They just fall off the bone. So we like it's a place called Limbs in Chicago off seventy fifth. It's real good, you know. Uh, it's different though, cause you could get the hot links and you know the rib yeah, tips. Hot and, links. Yeah, you yep. know, and they put the the meat on the fries and put the sauce all on it. You move out here, they're weighing your food. You know, it's like yeah. it's uh it's not barbecue. You no. Know, so, yeah, like, I've never like. I always get worried getting barbecue outside of like the south. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this ain't gonna be like. Yeah. If you can't smell it from the outside, don't go inside. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas was crazy because we lived like kind of in the country too. Like we right. had like a we had like a farm. Okay. I remember growing up eating like frog legs, squirrel. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have had like. We we were we were country boys. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't never seen black people on horses. Like that's you guys ever seen Django? Yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. we live down there. Wow. You know what I mean? Like black country. Yeah. So that's my, awesome, man. I go I go down probably once a quarter or so. So my parents split up when I was young. Both okay. my parents went away and my okay. mom got out first. She raised okay. me in Pittsburgh. That's okay. where she was from. Okay. So I grew up split, 
mom loving the Steelers and dad loving the Cowboys. Okay. I stayed with the Cowboys. So what's cool now is our parent company, Globe Life, is the mm-hmm. official life insurance company for the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. So just this past uh, season, I was in the opening game. I was We have a suite. Okay. And I was I was there, got to see everything, got to see our suite, yeah. played the Eagles. It was it was cool. You know what I mean? Growing up, dad always watching the Cowboys to, to now being able to – you know, work with a company that kind of is able to represent them on an insurance basis. That's crazy, man. I, I just showed them a picture. Um, so years ago when I took them to the game, they, they were kids, babies. And, yep. uh, you know, we took a picture, regular Polaroid picture. Uh, then today I looked at the photo and now I actually own the seats that, that we took the photos in, four bull wow. seats at the United Center, you know. So it's just crazy. It's the exact same seats That's insane. Uh, that I took my kids to when, we, when they were young. Now, did man. you guys like the Bears growing up? Yeah, all? yeah, man. The Bears, you know, I saw the 85 Bears. and um, yeah, was Now, who did you guys have running back that was crazy? Peyton, Walter Peyton. Walter you know, Peyton. Yeah, the best, man. Yes, sweetness. Bro. <laughs> yes. Sweetness, sweetness. So, um, What was that like watching him play? It was amazing, man, because you still don't see it today, right? Yeah. I mean, he would run past you. You hit him. He'd stiff arm you. I mean, I don't care how big you were. He was pushing through it and, and getting to the goal line, man. And yeah. uh, he'd run up heels, and you'd see him training. And he had the, the softest voice that a man could have, right? Yeah. But uh, was a beast on the field, you know? Yep. So um, he deserved everything he got in, in regards to getting the Bears where they are, uh, well, where they were back then, right? But, uh, you know again it was like the Jordan era you know so uh he was the one that changed the mentality of the Bears I mean the best defense in the world you know so um to see that to see him play again it's like it's a blessing to grow up in the era that I grew up in I think because I saw so much right you got to see like real football I feel like yeah yeah but but again it's like the evolution right things are the way they are today because of how it was back then you know so uh you know but you, you just can't take it for granted you know so uh you know who are they bringing in now for a head coach you guys just fired your head coach yeah i can't think general of his manager, name but from the indianapolis colts uh okay yeah also the general manager came from uh the chiefs okay and a uh, young black guy about in his early 30s wow. and uh, uh the the coach came from indianapolis and i think they just uh, brought in the um offensive coordinator from there as well Dope. so we'll see what happens yeah. so we'll see what happens yeah we'll see for sure yeah um so you got the bulls you got the bears you guys, any other sports Chicago-wise you like? I mean, I'm a White Sox guy all day, you White know. Sox. So uh, I got the White Sox jersey just because I like the colors. Yeah. <laughs> I came here, I was like, I don't know nothing about no baseball. I was like, the black and white, I can fuck with. Them. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, man, it's just, uh, you know, the Cubs get so much publicity. Yeah. I've seen where, you know, the White Sox could win. The Cubs get notice on the news first, and then yeah. They, oh yeah, by the way, the White Sox won. You know yeah. And, uh, but no, it's a, a great game to go to, a great venue. What's the best environment, stadium wise, out of all three? The, no, I'd say United Center. United you know, Center. Yeah, yeah. The United Center. Then I'd say um, um, U.S. Sailor or uh, Guaranteed Rate now with the White Sox, and then uh, yeah, Wrigley feels just so old, man. Yeah. It, it, it's like parking is a mess and. Uh, you get there, the seats are all close. You know, it's it's better now since the Rickets have taken over. But yep. uh, it's just uh, for for that dollar, I'd rather stay on the south side. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Um, next thing I want to get into, I I love movies. Yeah. I always like to kind of get a vibe of people. One, do you like movies? And then like, what are your? If you do, do you first off, do you like movies at all? 
A little bit. I'm a Netflix you got a, guy you got now. A favorite movie or in mind or something like that? Man, I can't even think of anything I've seen. Man, it's been so long. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Idris Elba, something like that. You he's know, he's firing everything, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. He's fire. He has that uh, on Netflix. They're in that Western movie. Yeah, yeah. The, um, Did you watch that one? I saw that Harder They Fall. Harder They Fall. Yeah, yes. yeah. I thought that was a great movie. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's funny because the characters are all real. Yeah. Now yeah, the I plot up, was, was different. Yeah, yeah. So they basically took real characters and created a movie about them. Yes. You know? So everything's not factual in regards to what happened, but yeah. uh, the actual characters. And again, it helps you go back and see that you know we existed way. Yeah. <laughs> and like in different roles, other yeah. than like how history tries to paint us just as slaves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was like it was cool to see like. No, there were black cowboys too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, you just said it, right? Black kids riding horses. Well, that was natural. You know yes. what I mean? But it, it it seemed unnatural when you said it because that yep. wasn't what's been depicted. You know, yep. so uh, it's 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 something that we need to see. And uh, wasn't just Indians running around, and it, you know, <laughs> wasn't just white guys going after them, shooting them, right? Yeah, exactly. We were in the mix of that too, you know. And yep. uh, I just say, give credit where credit's due. So Absolutely. if it's uh. You develop something, then great. You deserve credit for whether you're black, white, or whatever. But don't discredit someone for the hard work that they've put in. And a lot of times that happens in corporations and, and startup companies, etc. Right? And starting my own business, right? I learned to kind of like get out there on your own, bet on yourself. I think you've seen that at my studio, right? I like to bet on myself bet on yourself, and yeah. treat every day like a Friday, you know. Um, those are things that you learn because you kind of push yourself to get up every day and do certain things. Yep. But people will discredit that. People will try to take some of that away. And if your company's making money, other people want to start making money. Yeah. So, so people give you money and uh, try to invest in your organization or your company, and it, all money's not good money. You know, oh, no. some some people yep. want you out of the picture. You know, yep. so uh, it's tough, man. You got to really understand what you want to do, have that vision, and push forward. And, um, you know, trust people, but only trust them to a certain extent, you Absolutely. know, because uh, people do uh, get greedy and uh, greed envy. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, bro, you can, you just go watch Payton Fool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The, and, and again, you learn it from the streets, man. Yes. The people you think closest to you are the ones who are just envious of what you have. Yes. You know, people aren't always clapping for you, you know. Yeah. And um, they you clap know, and wait for you to yeah. just slip up. Yeah. For them to come and take that bag. Yeah, man. And. You know, I, I just, I keep a small circle. Gotcha. You know, I try to teach my family to do the same. And, um, you know, I got a few friends, but at the same time, it's like I still watch that, right? Gotcha. It's only so much you can talk about. Uh, you can't talk about a bag, right? Everyone fights in, in hard to, to yep. get a bag. When you get that bag, you have to secure it, right? Yep. And it's easy to, honest to God, you, if you hustle, you work hard, you bet on yourself, it's the money's gonna come. Yep. You build something and, and it's worth value and it's solving a problem, the money's gonna come. The problem is keeping the money. Right. Yeah. How do you continue to grow it and, and more money come in? Because sometimes we get stagnant and excited about what we've achieved. Yeah. But if you can't keep that money coming in, it's, it's going to come and go. And Absolutely. you've seen it with so many athletes. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to come and go. Absolutely. You know? so. uh, I like books. Mm -hmm. Which, you got a favorite book? Anything that's like hit you? And be like, man, that's good, an article, anything. I just like motivation, man. Yep. You know, I, I kind of... Is there anybody in particular that's motivated you then? Um, Frank Wilson. Uh, okay. He's a, a investor. And, um, you know, he, he looks at companies and he can tell you, 
you know, how to make an instant impact, right? Like some of the fundamentals to building a company. A lot of people want to be a CEO. Yep. It's like the CEO of what? <laughs> yep. to, to be a CEO, it's a nightmare, man. You know, to own something is a nightmare because Absolutely. it's going to go up and down. You got to figure out like how to get money in, how to get people paid. And um, it's it's tough, you know, and, 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 and a lot of people say they want that because they just look like the leadership role. Yep. But uh, they daydreaming about a CEO position, but they don't know the nightmares that come with that. CEO yeah, position. yeah, Absolutely. you know, and, and what happens if something goes wrong or, or this and that, or you gotta sell your house, or you gotta, you know, all these things are, are part of being a, a, in leadership or owning a business, you know, yep. and um, you know, I I, I like people who can kind of inspire me because at the end of the day, I'm at a position now where I don't really work for anyone, right? Yep. I work for for the people that I'm trying to provide value to. Absolutely. So for me to get up, I have to get up every day. I have to get up at five, four thirty in the morning. Amen. But no one's making me do that. I could stay in the bed to ten, eleven o'clock yep. if I choose to. But what's going to happen? That's a wasted day. Absolutely. You know, if my calendar is slow, I'm nervous. Like, yep. like what's what's coming? Why well, I got to figure it out? You know, yep. so. Um, I, I just think being around people or reading things that kind of motivate you to kind of stay positive environment. Yeah. What's going into your system. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen to you, man, on your podcast. Again, it's like you guys have that energy with sales and yep. uh, trying to have a good day and spirituality, you know, yep. being healthy. And uh, those are things that kind of keep you going, man, because yes. you could uh, it's easy to sit still, grab a remote control and do this. Yeah, it you is. know, and uh, it's nothing wrong with doing it sometimes because you do have to unwind. You got to work first and play later. Like growing yeah. up in the South, like yeah. we had to go outside and work. If you want, like, there was no water. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, you want water, yeah. you work first. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Which I know that sounds a little extreme, but that's like, I feel like life is like that water is like, you know, maybe that's going out on a date with your girl or, you know what I mean? Or it's TV time, movie time, or, or just whatever you want to eat time. Like, I remember, like, I could eat whatever I wanted to eat, but just know that I'm going to do a workout. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I remember just as young as heck, you know what I mean? Just six years old. Like, my dad would be like, yeah, you can have dessert, but we're going to go work out. And then he would. He would cycle me. He would yeah. Be like, All right. Now you get twenty push-ups, twenty sit-ups, lift them weights. You know what I mean? And it's like, the discipline. And he man. had like the whole family doing it. Like my mom, <laughs> like, everybody had to hit a work. Y'all want to eat this? All right, but hit a workout. It's the discipline, and I, I told you earlier, I'm a fourth degree black belt. Yes. And again, what I've learned most out of that is discipline. You know, yep. I knew how to. To your point, you got to do your sit-ups, push-ups, and um, be the class on time, and uh, you got to be respectful. You could be the best fighter in the world right i've traveled the whole state man the country rather and um won grand championships and everything else but you still have to be humble yep. you still have to come back you still have to work hard and help others you know so yep. um you know it's it's a blessing to be a part of all these different things and i'd say being humble is i think a key to it all because you can't even um ingest it right appreciate it if you're not humble yeah because you're busy patting yourself on the back you, you, you're taunting others Pride or whatever the fall. yeah yeah exactly man and it's like if you could stay humble you stay focused you could see what's next and go after what's next man so again i i'm doing really well in regards to finances and, and businesses and this and that but i'm still trying to figure out what's next right yep. and uh how to grow more businesses and so what's your main business and focus right now then right now it's just building software uh helping companies kind of thrive and uh, my studio is more of a creative space so okay. uh, you know people come in but they're coming in we're doing a podcast but we're going to talk about a, a, a network a community and and 
I want go-getters, you know. Yep. Uh, everything we're doing is about go-getters, trying to figure is, it out. Is that going to be the name? Or you? Is no, it's creative. So Creative by Design is the name of it. Of you the know? podcast? Yeah, yeah. And then when are you guys expected to launch? Uh, we're hoping in the middle, probably the end of February. End so, of February? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's just trying to inspire people, man. It, there are so many people out here that aren't athletes, that aren't executives, that aren't yep. that are doing things, you know, and with COVID, so many people have launched companies and some many of them are successful, right? Uh but they don't have a platform, you know, or yep. uh it's the same old platforms or, you know, it's them just trying their best on Instagram to to get a following. I just want to give people a voice, right? And when you build content, content exists forever. So a lot of times we look at how many people like our page or this and that. Content exists forever, right? So if yep. you have a your your a session, this this actual podcast will be seen for I don't know how long, but the first launch of it, right? You may get fifty likes if that, you know. But eventually, people can always go back and see that content. Yeah. And it's so hard because we we get discouraged because we don't see a million followers, and then we stop pushing the content. So it, it, I always encourage people just keep trying to build content. Even myself, build content and it'll be there. Eventually, people start seeing it. Just consistency, yeah. just showing up day in and day yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we we always got to see the end result. You ever? I think I even got on my son one time before. It's like you you got to be ready. You got to be prepared. It's like well, if I'm gonna get the job, then I'll be prepared. It's yeah. like no, you have to be prepared in advance. You know, yeah. you you got to be ready before you're ready. You yeah, know? Winston Churchill has a great quote and he says, what good does it does it a man if preparation, you know, isn't there and opportunity comes and knocks and taps him on his shoulder and that preparation wasn't there and he misses an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, you know what I mean, I've yeah. got it all jumbled up. Yeah. But I mean like what you're saying, like that proper we say in our business, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Like yeah. the willingness to prepare is far greater than the willingness to succeed. You know what I mean? Like exactly. if you're willing to get ready you never have to go and get ready. You know what I mean? Because you're always constantly putting your energy and focus into I'm going to prepare and get ready. So I stay ready. So I don't got to get ready. And you, you you look well prepared. People understand what you're saying. And they say, wow, look at how well he does that. You know, and it's yeah. like it wasn't easy. He just prepared it, you know, Absolutely. and he went through it a 100 times. Or yes. um, when you're doing that, everything gets easy to you, you know, and yes. eventually it's like second nature. Right. You could then go back and start doing a presentation, but you're pulling from stuff you've done in the past, right? So yes. even when you're unprepared, in some instances, right, you're prepared because you've done it before, you know? So yep. I just encourage people, man, handle your business, right? Uh, pull your bootstraps up and, and bet on yourself. But if you can't believe in yourself, nobody else going to do it either, you know? So it's like people need to know that, shit, you're going to get up in the morning and, and I don't have to call this guy. He's already going to be up, you yep. know? Uh, this guy's going to call me, checking on me, making sure that, that this date is set and this and that. That That's business, man. And that's, um, if I talk about, you know, a corporate world and uh, how things go, we ran things by a calendar, right? We knew the next meeting and you knew you had six meetings for the day, but you were there on time. I've taken that and just applied it to my regular life, you know, and it's like, if it's something I really want to do, it's on a calendar, you know, it's on a schedule. And um, it, it's tough because people feel like it's not natural, right? Or hey, just live your life. Yeah, you are going to live your life, but you could talk all day with a buddy and forget you're supposed to be somewhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that could be impactful. That could be a, an opportunity that's lost, you know? So Absolutely. I just look at everything as an opportunity, man. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest adversity you've ever had to overcome in your life? 
Um, I won't go into full details of it, but uh, when I was 16, I got shot in the face um, in the south side of Chicago, coming home from school, uh, gang activity, and, uh, you know, kind of bounced back from it, you know. Yeah. Uh, just uh, almost lost my life, and uh, being able to bounce back from that and get serious about life, you know, I, again, 16, going on 17, and, um, you know, Ripping and running, not afraid to do anything or be anywhere, but uh, not realizing that, you know, everyone doesn't have good intentions. And, and, you know, you could try to help somebody or get in the mix or you got friends in your circle that aren't doing well, right, and then you get in the middle of something yep. uh, and it could take your life, you know. But yep. uh, I was able to bounce back from that, um, have my family uh, continue to, to get serious about work and, uh, you know, what meant, what was important to me. You know, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I always, you know, remind everybody here, uh, you know, with our company and, and opportunity that there's no discrimination, you know, when it comes to success. Right. You know I mean, the discrimination is going to be your work ethic. Yep. How hard are you going to work? Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. how consistent are you going to be in that work? It just all ties back into are you willing to do the work? You yeah. Know what I mean, and yeah. It, it don't come down to your, your skin color or your 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 background in regard to your ethnicity, whatever it might be. That don't matter. Your education, none of that matters. And I think of that and I think of, you know, what better opportunity coming into Chicago being, you know, a young mixed man myself in, in a in an ownership position of mm -hmm. like, how can we better help the community um, with us being a virtual company? You know what I mean? It's, it's international. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The opportunity is available for anybody. But I think of specifically Chicago, you know, what what tips or thoughts do you have on like how can how can we better help the community for I, I guess I, my heart is like I, I want to see other young black people winning mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. like everybody i want to see win you yeah. know what i mean so i yeah. want people to listen to be like oh you just want you know what i mean black people it's like i want to see I, I would love to see in a disenfranchised to everybody. right yeah you want but i want to see yeah because yeah. very i don't ever remember outside of football or basketball i don't ever remember growing up seeing like young black business like from where i grew up you yeah. know what i mean like there was no young young black business no people crushing it no it very it, rarely so so you had the small mom and pop stores the dry cleaners right you yep. had the hardware stores in the communities but the big box stores kind of took them away right yep. so uh they just grew and grew and then all these businesses just stopped right so every time i think that's a a, a, a phobia right that black folks have it's when we build something people come and destroy right yep. so it's like you try to do the right thing and if you don't have um, you know, just your head on a swivel, people will come and we trust everyone, right? Um, that's one thing about black people. We trust everybody. Yes. And uh, we will shake your hand and we, we don't have bad intentions. We think you're coming to help and everyone's not coming to help or save no. you, right? And uh, if you're doing well, people will come at you so that they can get a piece of that. And uh, I just encourage people to be genuine, right? Um, if I want you to win, it doesn't mean I'm going to win with you, right? I'm, if I could do something to help you win, you don't owe me anything. Yeah. Seeing you succeed is enough for me, right? Yeah. Uh, some people want an investment, right? They want to invest in you, but they want something back. I've met way more people that want something back than yeah. I have that are just genuinely, hey, I'd love to see you just win. Yeah, I mean, I've let people use my studio equipment, whatever, right? If I see that they really have um, intense, good intentions and they're trying to better themselves, you, I don't know if you've said it on your other podcast or anything, but I heard you talk about 
how you slept in the car yeah. uh, for, before an interview, right? And, yeah. and you didn't want to oversleep. And yep. that's the stuff that, that people want to see. People want to help people like that, right? Yep. It's more of you, you're just trying to learn. You're saying, I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do to get a piece of a gem or a piece of a nugget from you. Yes. And, and, and the people will help you when you position yourself like that right now there's a lot of people that'll say they'll do that and 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 maybe do that but they they want to you know you wanted something you wanted someone to help you get put on a position you so you could take care of yourself yep you didn't want to say i just want to be next to you i want to see how you do it and and i want to be a part of what you're doing fuck that you know you yeah. i don't want to be a part of the michael jordan fan base you know or anyone else i love what he did and and what a lot of people do i want my own lane you know yeah. i want i want my own family to thrive i want to enjoy things and, and and set my own rules you know now if i can learn from you and do that and apply that to my life that that's all i need you know so just give me an opportunity to crack the door i, I i'm gonna get in there you know and it's like don't do anything for me if, but if you can expose or give me access to stuff, then then I can figure out the rest. And I think what the disenfranchised don't have is access, right? They don't know that if you want to be an electrician, right, there's their capabilities just unimaginable, right? If you want to be an engineer or if you want to, whatever you want to do, if we could get access to it, we could thrive. <laughs> Shit, you, we, hockey players, right? We weren't playing hockey, but yeah, you, you open up the door and we start playing hockey shit. Now we're real good at hockey, you yeah. know? So uh, those are the things that people try to prevent because they know if I give this guy access, he could take over, you yeah. know? So uh, everyone should be encouraged and inspired to kind of get access to whatever it is they want to do. And if it's going to a freaking um, conference, if it's just going to looking at YouTube or whatever it is, signing up for a course, and volunteering you know it's just get in the door figure it out and if you like it now go at it right yeah. but, but some it's it's so rare that you have access to do some of the things you want to do and i mean here i live right near you know i don't know the bull socks academy i don't know if you've ever heard of that um it's it's basically the united center you know built for kids right aau teams and the white socks academy and all that stuff is right there right so many my son played there right but i didn't know anything about it until i was able to meet someone who introduced me to it so i got my son access to it right yeah but so many kids from where i came from they didn't have access to that right when we i was in like probably in my early 20s jesse jackson did this thing where like they had this big nequa valley thing here in naperville right where all the schools were great they looked like colleges those kids thrived right it looks like they're going into a college environment but the same schools, well, same grade level, right? When you go into restrooms in Chicago, you had to use like a wrench to kind of turn the water on so kids could wash their hands, yeah. right? Uh, you go to Nequa Valley, you put your hands under it and the water comes out, <laughs> you know? You look outside, you see greenery and, and just beautiful landscaping. In Chicago, you don't even see outside because all the windows have like film on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do you now give them the same access when they graduate, right? Yeah. Because they could have had the same lessons every day, but they were in two different environments, man. So it's like trying to give kids access to that is very important because people who have it are thriving, right? It's not like they're just better than you or smarter than you. They just got more access than you have, you know? So just trying to create that type of environment that whatever it is, somebody if you have access to something or you have the capabilities of helping somebody else reach up 
reach grab down grab them and help them man it's like uh i think it's denzel washington has a motivational speech on like each one teach one yeah each one reach one or each one teach one each one teach one yep. and it's it's just common man it's like but but we get it and then it's like we're afraid you know if, if i teach him then he's gonna knock me out you yeah. know it's like no Absolutely. man if you're doing your thing you you're up here you know it's yeah. like and, and if you're focusing on the next thing you're always moving but when you get stagnant that's when you're afraid somebody's gonna take your spot because you're not busting your ass you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing so now you're looking back right who's catching up to me i, I don't care who's catching up I'm, I'm still moving forward you know yep. so uh if, if we could live life that way i think we could achieve so much more man and um the streets will change you know it's like uh, the drugs are, are are being put here. The guns, you know, if they, if they can keep people in jail versus letting them back out to do all these additional crimes and stuff like that, all that stuff will eventually change. It's it's changed. And Chicago was bad at one point, got better. Now it's bad. New York, Compton, all the all those big cities, you go through these cycles. Yeah. And uh, it it'll get better, you know. But you have to want it to get better, and that's from a government level, right? Right now, a lot of this stuff, man, it's by design you it know? is by design and yeah. it's like and it's what's saddening to me is like it's it seems like so obvious you know what yeah I mean? people are like why is this happening it's like because you want it to happen you know what yeah I mean? yeah we, we, had, we had enough i heard you know it was i think it was uh it was a bit from a comedian and, it, and he was telling a joke and he was like we had enough money to shut down america for two years yeah but we can't stop gun violence and we can't end internal poverty yeah. you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. when yeah. i grew up because my mom went to jail and my dad was still in jail. Mm -hmm. We, something had happened where she couldn't have any government assistance outside of three hundred something dollars of food stamps every month. Right, and she could not because of her federal offense. She did mm -hmm. federal time. Mm -hmm. She couldn't make more than maybe ten dollars an hour. She yep. worked during the day as a office clerk. Okay, and then at night she was a hospice nurse. Yep. So she was with dead people, like taking care of people dying, dying. every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And then me helping my little sister. We live with my grandparents. We were there until forever because we couldn't she was making you figure even with all them hours even like doing 70 80 hours a week maybe 800 dollars before taxes mm -hmm. after taxes mm -hmm. it's like 400 five, you know what yeah, I mean? so yeah, she's 20 making, 30 thousand dollars a year if that you know so and just to feed two kids be a single mother no assistance you know what i mean so yeah. like i like i we we and then where did we move to when we did when, when she did make enough for or have enough saved up we moved to an apartment like in in the ghetto like just basically uh -huh. right above sex so it's like I'm getting in trouble. I had yeah. I had a gun at, at a young age. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I never did nothing with it. But yeah. like yeah. I was in the crowd. If somebody yeah. brought me a gun one day. You I'm 13 years old. It. I was exposed to it. And they were like, hey, you want this? And I was like, all right, sure. It was like hundred. It was like $200. I remember buying, I remember to this day it was a high point 45. Yeah. And I was 13 years old, 14 yeah. years old. Yeah. And and I'm, I look back and I'm like, dog, where can I go to get this? <laughs> because <laughs> that shit ain't $200 no more, dude. Like, and, no man, and and it, it and it's like it's by design. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is a system. You're telling me we could shut the country down for two years, and what are we gonna do? We'll send you more money. We'll say, but where was you when 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 my mom was out here grinding? You know what I mean? There was no COVID, but like it, it was set up for her to go back to jail, go right? back to, to you know not I mean? be able like, to make it, not be able to take care of family, and the drug epidemic. Right? It's like fentanyl. That that's yeah. that's killing people. I mean, my brother passed away from it. You know, yeah. drug overdose and. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, you could do something about COVID when you see all these people dying, right? Yes. But you, gun violence, drug addictions, it, it's like that stuff don't really matter, right? One it's, of my first guests did three, almost two years for for a weed charge. And that 
that freaks me out because I think of it's recreational mm-hmm. in this state, mm-hmm. and then somebody's maybe doing a life sentence in another state yep. for for a little same, bit. And same it scares the hell out of me. Yeah. We're talking about a plant. Yeah, we're talking about a plant yeah. from yeah. Earth. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, what the hell is going on in this it's world? It's by design, man. It's like, what can we do to slow people down? Right. The, the, right. the whole plan is because how Uncle do Sam's I, greedy. How do I stop people from catching up? Yeah. That, that that's what you know. The rich want to get richer but they also don't want you to catch up to them right yes. and, and if they're always you know they see you creeping up and they and that's see not all the rich that's some it, of the rich it, it's some it's some of the rich it's and the it greedy. seems to be a little more yeah the greedy yeah it, it's the greedy and what they do is you know they try to change voting laws you know they try to yep. it's ways to kind of trip you up to slow you down from catching up right yep. it is if if i could put drug addiction and increase it in the community where where you know these guys are doing well let, let me tear that shit up right yep. um but now it's like hey you know you got the Plainfield area naperville with with uh, drug addictions and overdose records you know it's like wait a minute this stuff is now filtering into these communities and it's crazy what was the black wall street i think it was in, Tennessee. in oklahoma was it oklahoma oklahoma so Whatever was occurring, because this was what, what what decade was that? It was Tulsa, Oklahoma is the early, the late thirties, early forties, and they they bombed. Um, it was a they a burnt, they literally community. burned it to the nobody. They dropped bombs on it. They, they dropped, dropped bombs, bombs on, on it. it. You can't even see structures today. I mean, they they actually over just racism, man. It's just uh, they they dropped and this, bombs. Like I did not learn this in history class. Yeah. I learned this from selling insurance because yeah. I I was in Tennessee and I go into this mansion and I expect I. I expected some white guy. Right. And some black guy, younger black guy comes out. You know what yeah. I mean? Because this was back when we were physical and I had like, we had to drive everywhere and I'd knock on his door, go to upgrade his policy. Right. Some black dude. So I get real curious. I'm like, this dude, you kind of like me. You yeah. half, I'm half <laughs> like you, dog. What do you do? And uh, and he was a doctor and, and he had this huge poster and it was called Black Wall Street. And I was like, what the hell is Black Wall Street? And he gave me this hour lecture of like, he was like ashamed of me. He was like, <laughs> I no. was like, bro, I didn't. Nobody ever informed me on this. They don't teach us that, right? And it's it's always like when America does something th- that um, they're ashamed of, it just disappears, yeah. right? And I mean, this like was a little a th- kid. Like, <laughs> it goes back to what we said earlier. It was a thriving black community. They had banks, they had schools, they had churches. It wasn't just churches and liquor stores, right? I mean, these people had homes, businesses, thriving businesses market um you know supermarket stores everything that you needed in a community to thrive the dollar stayed in that community right yeah um and that just was too much for some people man and i mean to to go to the level of bombing uh, a city like that america bombed their own city you know that that's that's crazy it's disgusting yeah it's yeah. disgusting so i think of that and, it, and it, i honestly got inspiration from that day on of like diving further into because a piece of me doesn't get you know, it's it's Black History Month, so mm-hmm. a piece of me doesn't really like bang with that because I'm like, why why is it Black History Month? You know, what's yeah. White History Month? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not a month. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you should respect me and I should respect you. Yeah, we should be living like MLK every single day. Yeah. It should be I love you, you love me every day. I, should, yeah. I like when I think of the Black Wall Street and I think of like what that community used to be like. Uh, instead of these approaches of let me just send more, you know police or whatever it is i don't want to get too political but i'm thinking of like what if we put more money into education and and more churches or more like what if we imitated what worked then yeah and and just adapted and evolved to to now to 
to try to save these communities. And obviously it's not just, just the, the blacker communities that are struggling, but any communities in yeah. America and our yeah. nation. You know what I mean? We well, always trying to, well, Iran's in trouble. Let's send them a couple billion dollars to bail them out. It's like, well, what about what about our cities? Yeah, you. I mean, you need people like you guys, your age, and um, to want to make a difference, right? Go to Congress, be part of uh, Congress, and and you know, right now, what we do is we we know how to march, right? Yeah. We know how to get people together, march, but then what? And then what? It, it's like yeah, it, it, that's not helping, man. It's like, but you can go in and change laws and um, be part of you know, like we're doing, create businesses and um, thrive. That that's the best way to get past all this Absolutely. stuff, man. It's like. It ain't going to change unless we change it, you know, at yep. the end of the day. And, I mean, I don't care how young you are. You can make an influence and, and an impact on things and, and, and be an influence to others. Yep. Right now, people just feel like, it ain't me. I ain't worried about it and, until somebody in their family gets hurt, you yep. know. Um, or their dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I, the, the, I'm going to get yelled at for that Let a dog get hurt, boy. I'm going to get yelled at for that one. No, man. But, I mean, it's true. It's like – you know, I mean, we could go on a tangent all day. We we find ways to isolate certain things that we feel aren't right. We can magnify it, and then we create, you know, problems for people versus just saying, I, I know what they really meant. The Dave Chappelle thing, right? Yep. If you listen to what he said, the entirety of his skit, he, you, if, there's no way you could sit there and hear the whole joke and not understand what he was trying to say. Yep. But if you just chop out the piece that you felt like, sparked you and then you stop listening to the rest yep. you're the problem right yes. it's like listen to the whole skit and and he had compassion for all type of people yes and uh it's it's just in all honesty a lot of those people you want to have compassion for don't even have compassion for, for you yep. you know so uh they just want to be you know a letter they want to be you know magnified it's like that's all we've been trying to do since we've been here you know it's right. like we, we we're important too you know yep. we, we have black history we've we've contributed to this country yep. um that that's all we're saying we're not saying we're better than anyone else it's like hey we contributed because at the end of the day Nikola Tesla you know and um all these guys Jobs, Steve Jobs you know the guy who did the uh, DeLorean and all these different innovators, man, black or white, everybody can come together, man, and build some cool shit, make a yep. difference and change the world, right? It's yep. not about we're better than anyone else or, or they're better than us or we don't deserve certain things. It's just we don't, you know, approach things open-mindedly. And when we do get in a room full of other people not like us, we get intimidated, you know. Yep. Uh, but if, if you can go in there and feel confident, you're prepared, you can sit in the room and you can contribute, man, and be part of change. And I just think that's what's missing. A lot of us just don't have access to sit at the table. When we do sit at the table, we're not prepared, you know. Yep. And it's like because we didn't know we were going to get there. But like you said, if you're always prepared, when that area of opportunity or that access comes, it ain't going to come when you want it to come. Yep. It's going to come when when somebody you meet out the blue say, hey, tomorrow I need you to meet me at so-and-so, so-and-so, and we're going to do this. I'm going to invite you to, oh, shit, I didn't get a haircut today. You know, yeah, yeah. I got that opportunity of access is going to happen when you're not looking for Thanks. it, and you got to be ready right. at the end of the day. If you're not ready, that's your fault, and yep. you just took a space that somebody who is ready lost out on. So you, I just think everyone should view things that way. Yes. You know, so. Love it. What are we up on, Aiden? 50 minutes, an hour? Yeah, 54. 54 minutes. Cool, Wrapped man. Out an hour, bro. <laughs> shout perfect, out, perfect. Shout out some things you want to shout out. You're hey, um, if anybody's in the Chicagoland area, they're welcome to come to the uh, Photo Yard studio. We're at th uh, 328 North Albany Avenue 
in Chicago. It's a creative space. So if you're doing video productions, podcasting, if you want to do headshot photos, if you just want to build your brand or just sit down and talk to people, uh, come on by, schedule some time, um, take a look at what we're doing. I also own uh, Creative Ventures, which is part of the software development component of it, but we're building apps for hospitals, um, workflows to help organizations just thrive. So uh, don't be afraid if you got ideas, that's just the starting point, right? Take that idea and do something with it. If you need help with that, reach out to me. Um, I definitely would do my best to help you out. And again, thank you yes. for bringing me on board. Yes, sir. Again, I, I saw a lot in you when I met you yes, sir. and uh, appreciate you reaching out and, and, and getting me to come on board, this man. This was fun, bro. Thank this was you. fun. Thank, thank you very you. much. You Harold. too. Appreciate yes, it, man. <laughs>